0: This is a choice. This is Battleground America. Here's Tara Servatius. I get the text and the email all the time from listeners. Don't worry, they're never going to take over this country. We're armed. And they're right. If you look at most authoritarian regimes, almost every country taken over by authoritarians was disarmed first. So they won't be able to do it here, people say. But they're wrong. There is a playbook for taking over a heavily armed country with massive numbers of fully trained former military. It's been done before. In fact, it's the most famous communist country of all, Russia. I've argued for a long time that the Democrats are using the Russian Revolution playbook that they deliberately chose it because of that specific similarity between us and Russia. How do you take over a large country stacked full of ex-military with tons of firearms? Well, you could be describing America now, but you could also be describing pre-Soviet Russia. I'm convinced that's why they're using the exact, and it's eerie, script ...that the Marxists used in the 17-year run-up to the Russian Revolution. As best I can tell, we're somewhere between year 3 and year 5 of the 17-year run-up. I'll recap quickly for those of you who missed those earlier Battleground podcasts on this. The Marxists, knowing they couldn't defeat an army, a militia, a gathering of these armed Russian citizens took another tack entirely. It's exactly the one the Democrat Party is using right now. Here's how it started. And by my count here, it started the George Floyd summer, although they were building up to it for a while. See, the Marxist in pre-Soviet Russia began by attacking cops. Cops were demonized horrifically. It became popular for businesses and political parties and individual candidates to affiliate with and even donate to groups, they were Marxist groups, dedicated to countering cops. Cops were presented as symbols of the aristocratic bourgeoisie class. These same Marxists, who you could find in the parlors of parliamentary politicians and major business owners, would organize Throwing acid in cops' faces. Some were ambushed and attacked. After a while, it grew to where Marxists would come to their homes. Torture them and sometimes their children in front of their families. But how did they get away with that? Easy. These torture sessions were infamous. In fact, female Marxist torturers became Famous for their depravity. They were even known for boiling people alive in the backyard. Judges were afraid to convict them or they'd show up at their house. But these Marxist groups were pretty popular too. Like I said, major businesses, banks, members of the parliament all raised money for their organization. Back then it had a Russian name. Today it's called Black Lives Matter. That group, Black Lives Matter, may have been financially discredited, but another will come along. It's all the same thing. After a while, these attacks escalated. They began to be attacks on politicians. And the parliamentary party in charge of the cadets furiously raised money for these Marxists because they didn't want to be targeted. By about year 15, there'd been at least 21,000 of these home attacks, Children, wives raped, tortured, people murdered, and they'd come back again and again. They'd isolate you, single you out. That way, they never had a battle of a a militia of armed Russian former military on a battlefield. It worked. Everyone was terrified of them, and they could target whoever they wanted with no or almost no reprisal from what was left At the end of it all, by the Russian legal system, where by the end, laws only applied to regular people, not to the Marxists. Sound familiar? It's happening right now in front of our faces with groups like Jane's Revenge, who have openly told operators of women's centers they have 30 days to shut down or they're going to go beyond firebombing or Antifa, which the FBI refuses to investigate denies the cross-state nature of in congressional testimony they know they can do whatever they want that in turn has led to the mentality that produced a poll like this the fbi and the department of homeland security keep telling us the most dangerous people in america are trump supporting supposed white supremacists in other words conservative white males but this poll proves otherwise and it's terrifying it's by the left-wing southern poverty law center It came out a few weeks ago and it showed that 44 percent of young Democrat men, that's men under 50, 44 percent, the largest group in our society, support, quote, assassinating a politician who is harming our country or democracy, unquote, 44 percent. And of course, those are just those who will admit to it, but they're not acting on this, right? Oh, yeah, they are. With increasing frequency. Last year, young liberal men were attacking and killing or attempting to kill one time every few months. Starting in April, it's been every month. And since June, it's been a couple weeks every month. At this rate, we're going to have a young male attack that is partisan or political in nature Every week, we are right on the cusp of it, folks. We are going to live in a country where things blow up and burn, where terror attacks, but the Marxist left are as common as they were in pre-Soviet Russia. And eventually, they're going to move to a campaign of individual terror, where they torture people, kill people, hurt people, cancel people through violence in their homes. We're not there yet. But we're really close. Some of these attacks you don't even hear about. Like the one on Alternative Pregnancy Center in California. That center has been attacked over and over since Democrat politicians decided that pregnant women shouldn't be helped if they decide to keep their babies. They've had to hire security round the clock and install bulletproof glass because people keep shooting into the building And trying to burn it down. The worst one so far happened at the beginning of July when a young liberal man armed with a machete approached their care center and began swinging it at their employees. If ISIS launched a website calling on Muslim men within the country to attack certain entities, nonprofits, whatever... And that website gave them 30 days to shut down or face something worse than fire. If that website, because they're burning them to the ground, some of them. If that website said, we're going to make sure nobody insures you that it's too expensive because of people that work for you keep getting hurt or killed. If ISIS did that, we'd know what it was. And we'd expect the FBI, or the DOJ to shut it down. But no one's touched Jane's revenge. In fact, they just finally lost their Twitter account. If conservatives were behind a campaign like this, you'd have heard about it. But mostly, the reporting's been local. The Family Research Council has compiled a report on it, though. There've been more than a hundred attacks against pregnancy resource centers. All they do is provide counseling if you want to keep a- your baby. Provide free medical care you know um ultrasound and also food clothes diapers to women who've had their babies and yeah they have a pro life message but they're not exactly the heart of the pro-life movement. But for whatever reason, Democrats are taking out their rage on these groups, wanting to make sure women have no options other than abortion. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Because they're just plain evil. Whatever the case, there have been more than, get this, 100 attacks against pro-life groups and women's centers nationwide since the beginning of May, including more than a dozen where the centers have burned entirely to the ground or partially to the the ground. Like the first Molotov cocktail attack on the Wisconsin Family Action Center. That one credited to Jane's Collective. But there have been many more since then. Again, they mostly just make local news. Why is this? Because Democrats have called for these attacks, knowing darn well they've been violent. Here's Senator Elizabeth Warren. In Massachusetts right now, those crisis pregnancy centers that are there to fool people who are looking for pregnancy termination help outnumber true abortion clinics by three to one. We need to shut him down here in Massachusetts, and we need to shut him down all around the country. You should not be able to torture a pregnant person like that. This is exactly how the Russian Revolution began. Not the fighting part, which is the part most people are aware of, but the run-up, the 17 years. And it's starting now. The most recent attack in that vein was one most people didn't probably recognize that way, the attempted stabbing of Lee Zeldin for his political philosophy. That guy bonded right back out as the liberal judges who did it no doubt snickered in their chambers. This is pure pre-Russian revolution. But our side just can't seem to understand what they're looking at. Maybe we just don't know our history. The left does have a better grasp of history than us. They study it intensively, trying to figure out a new angle for taking over. And they're really good at that. Now, what we just saw with Lee Zeldin was straight out of the Russian Revolution playbook. Kathy Hochul, the opponent, she's the sitting appointed governor, is running against Zeldin. And she called him a right-wing extremist and then published his campaign stops. Democrats are good at this. The Marxists were, too. And so the liberal lunatic went to stab Zeldin. Probably lost his nerve at the last minute. But again, our site doesn't understand what they're looking at. We're still babbling about how the bond laws need to change. So guys like this aren't bonded right back out. We just don't get it. Had we done this, one of us, to one of their Congress members, oh my gosh, it would have never ended. It would go on for weeks on a loop about the violent right and how the FBI, the Department of Homeland Security, needs to take measures to rein us in and shut us down. And us, we're still babbling about bond rules. But eventually, we're going to get it. We're going to figure out that they are hunting us. They've been doing it for years. That's why Rand Paul has been attacked not once but twice by violent leftists with pretty much no federal response. But those incidents were few and far apart. But it's speeding up. As best I can tell, it really began with the Wakesha Parade. Wakesha has one of the highest Republican registrations by population in all of Wisconsin. And after Kyle Rittenhouse was found not guilty, folks there were run over by an avowed leftist, a black nationalist, as he described himself, who wanted to run over white people, hated Trump and hated Trump supporters. It was back in November. Back then, one of these liberal mail attacks was happening every few months, but it's speeding up. Then in April, there was the New York subway shooter, Blake Masters, a black nationalist, self-described BLM fan, who supported Joe Biden. He shot 16, wounding 10 severely, back in April. Then in May, the Buffalo grocery shooter, a self-avowed leftist, who hated anything conservative and described himself as an echo fascist would shoot up that supermarket. Fast forward a month to June, when the Supreme Court killer showed up wanting to assassinate Kavanaugh and his entire family, another deranged leftist male. That was on the 8th of June. A month later, Bobby Cremo would strike. The media worked overtime to convince you that Cremo, the Highland Park shooter was a Republican and a Trump supporter, but he was actually the opposite, which was why they they dropped that story so fast. Cremo's social media shows he's a hardcore leftist. Go through his Twitter account, all his follows, they read like a who's who of popular Democrat politicians. On his social media, he proudly displays the anti-fascist flag, the very one used by Antifa. He wears a hat with an A on his head in the exact font style the anarchist A, used by Antifa, is in. The media wants you to believe he's a Trump supporter because he went to a Trump rally. One look at those pictures clearly shows he was trolling the people at the Trump rally, while dressed as wears Waldo. But the more interesting pictures are the ones of him dressed in pigtails with pink hair, like a woman. See, because We're supposed to believe, as the police said, that he committed the shooting in women's clothes so he could escape. I'd believe that if I couldn't find him anywhere else in drag. But I can't. He's on another social media post in which he looks like a girl wearing pink pigtails in his hair. And they want you to believe a Trump supporter in drag would shoot up a 4th of July parade? But it's exactly... The kind of thing a transgender cross-dressing Antifa soy boy socialist would do. And that's exactly who he is. Let me string together some facts about Bobby Cremo and the timeline. We're told he planned the shooting five to six weeks out. What happened five to six weeks out in Chicago? Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot tweeted this. To my friends in the LGBTQ plus community, and he sure looks trans, this moment... Has to be a call to arms, she tweeted, about the leaked Roe ruling. Cremo, who was extremely attuned, given his Twitter feed to left-wing politicians and their messages had to have heard it. Highland Park is a suburb of Chicago. And Mayor Lori Lightfoot's armed rebellion tweet made national news. There's no way he missed it. Cremo's neck even features a Democrat Socialist of America tattoo. And he's seen... On his social media, dressed in classic black block. Look that up. It's the anti-fascist style Antifa uses. If you were a transgender anarchist, where would you go to shoot the people Mayor Lori Lightfoot told you to take up arms against? Tuh! a Fourth of July Parade. If this pattern holds, we'll be at about three male liberal terror attacks, attempted stabbing shootings, or assassinations a month. Again, that's not counting the more than 100 attacks on women's pregnancy centers since May. Before that, there are basically none because the left's left-wing male followers, replete with rage, had no idea they were supposed to attack them. That they could generate that number of attacks since May is astonishing. The body count, though, that these leftist thug killers have racked up is even more so. Together, they've notched close to 30 kills and over 60 injured. But the media has largely been able to keep the public from piecing together this picture of growing male liberal rage. For now, but I doubt they can keep a lid on it much longer. Battleground America with Tara Servatius. Please subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Share with friends, family, and other free thinkers.